0: Hi everybody and welcome to mini episode number 15 of Attendance Bias. I am your host, Brian Weinstein. Mini episodes of Attendance Bias feature a breakdown of a single song or a single jam from a show that I've attended. I give a little bit of background about what makes that song or that jam so special to me and then we dive right in. Mini episodes of Attendance Bias are posted on a bi-weekly basis in between full episodes of the show in which a guest and I go over a full fish concert. Today's mini-episode features Destiny Unbound from August eighteenth, 2010 at Jones Beach Amphitheater in Wonton, New York. Missed opportunities. Everyone's had at least one. When it comes to fish, there's always the one that got away. There's the show you decided to skip because you had a test the next day in college, or the one that was just too far away to make it back the next day before work, or the one you slept on getting tickets for and you couldn't find an extra, Hopefully, it doesn't happen too often, but unfortunately, it does happen, and with Fish, it's the absolute worst feeling in the world when The One You Missed becomes an all-time show. For me, there were two that fit this category. The first one was December 30th, 97 at Madison Square Garden, which featured the legendary Harpua and the 45-Minute Encore. The second one was February 28th, 2003 at the Nassau Coliseum, one of the best tweezers ever played. The best show of 2.0, in my opinion, and the long-awaited return of Fish's biggest bust-out, Destiny Unbound. When I was deep into the Fish Compendium and the Farmer's Almanac, Volume 4, the impression that I got was that Destiny Unbound was the great white whale of Fish set lists. Played frequently in the early 90s and then shelved, it developed a cult following, and old-school fans were always clamoring for its return. Trey once suggested that the band would play it again if all of the fans in the front row would sing the first line at the same time, and he could leave it to Fish fans to take him up on it. They tried it at Red Rocks and at the Hampton Coliseum in the mid and late 90s, respectively, but denied. The song stayed on the shelf. As I learned more and more about the Fish mythos, the prospect of Destiny Unbound greatly interested me. I found it difficult to track down recordings of the song, so for many years, I really had no idea what the song actually sounded like. It wasn't until the February 2003 comeback tour that the concept of actually hearing Destiny Unbound came to me. At the time, I was a junior in college at SUNY Buffalo. My roommate and I had tickets to see the band in Cincinnati in February 2003. We passed on the opportunity to fly home to Long Island to see the show a week later at the Nassau Coliseum. In retrospect, it would have been really easy to see it. We had plenty of friends going who could find us extras. Back when JetBlue was still a fairly new airline, you could get a round trip from Buffalo to JFK for about 100 bucks. Plus, you know, it was college. Missing a day or two of classes was far from an emergency. But we were so jazzed up about the road trip to Cincinnati from Buffalo that we saw the Nassau show as an adventure that we didn't really need to take. Bummer. When I saw the setlist after the show was played, my jaw dropped. Destiny Unbound. They played it. Really? And I missed it. At the time, I figured it was my only opportunity to see the song. And as you can hear in earlier episodes of Attendance Bias with Slade Somer of The Recount and Pete Mason of Fan Art, we talked about how setlists in 2.0 were fairly predictable with only a few exceptions. Two of those exceptions were their show in Burgettstown, Pennsylvania, in the summer of 2003, that's the show I spoke to Pete of Fanart about, and then this show at the Nassau Coliseum that February that Slade and I spoke of. At both of those shows, Fish broke their own mold. They played, at that time, what felt like the ultimate bust-out at the Coliseum. Maybe it wasn't the ultimate bust-out in terms of number of shows since the song was last played, But in terms of community relevance, it felt like I had missed some sort of cosmic event that only occurs once every 500 years, like a special eclipse or the passing of an obscure comet. The fact that it was played in my hometown venue only added salt to the wound. I know I'm being pretty dramatic, but that's literally how I felt at the time. Luckily, the band brought Destiny back into the rotation for 3.0, The simple heartbreak tale of Highway Bill and Highway Jill doesn't pop up frequently at all, but at least it's in the cards. It's not that unthinkable anymore. Those of us who absorb the band's history and self-referential universe knows that it's special every time it's played, simply because there were decades when that wasn't the case. For me, the sense of closure finally came when the band played it at the 2010 Summer Tour Closer at one of my hometown venues, Jones Beach Amphitheater. The beginning of the performance stumbles a little bit, but what I remember most from being at the show is how loud it was. The opening chords just hit me like a ton of bricks. I was so thrilled at finally hearing the song that I didn't even notice at the time that Trey drops out for virtually the entire introduction. There's almost no guitar. Listening back on recording, the volume intensity is still there, and I especially love how front and center Fishman is during the intro. Ten and a half years later, it's almost impossible to communicate just how liberating and cathartic it was to sing along to Destiny Unbound, live and in person. The rumor has always been that Fish shelved Destiny Unbound back in the early 90s because Mike was a little self-conscious, or he and the band thought that it sounded too much like a Grateful Dead song. Believe me when I say I love the Dead very much, and their songbook deserves as high praise as can possibly be given. That said, I believe that they would be lucky to have a song like Destiny Unbound in their repertoire. It's such a fan-friendly sing-along, it grabs the entire audience with its energy, and it's really satisfying to sing along to the band as loud as possible. How wasn't down. About halfway through, we remember that it's 2010. Trey immediately begins using his whammy pedal. At the time, it was pejoratively known as the whale call due to its wobbly and inexact pitch. But before he can get too far with it, Mike really steps up and he makes the bass line the central melody of the song. Things wander for a little bit longer when Trey brings around the melody that signals it's time to close the song to the coda. The band does get there, although it's not quite as smooth as it is in better versions of Destiny. The rest of the song in the closing isn't exactly a slop fest, but it's well far from their best. Regular listeners of attendance bias know that I could be a bit persnickety. I prefer composed sections to be exact and tight. But in times like these, when the band is playing a song that I long assumed I would never witness, all that's forgotten. It's out the window. Times like hearing Sparks at MSG in 2016 or Have Mercy in 2020 or Colonel Forbins at Hartford in 2009 these are times that transcend, quote, how good this song is, because the song is there, and that's good enough for me. Destiny Unbound at Jones Beach was one of those times. Next week on Attendance Bias, my guest is Dr. Stephanie Jenkins, Professor of Philosophy at Oregon State University. Stephanie is the founder of the Philosophy of Fish course at the university as well as the philosophy conference that took place there in the spring of 2019. Stephanie chose to talk about Fish's first show at Dick's on September 2nd, 2011, otherwise known as the famous S Show. Throughout our conversation, Stephanie and I talk a lot about the uncertain expectations of what was then a brand new venue, the philosophy behind Fish lyrics in the band's different eras, and life epiphanies during the second set. And that's it for this week's episode of Attendance Bias. Thank you so much for listening. To support the show, please leave a review and a rating of it on your podcast app of choice. And please spread the word about Attendance Bias to just one person this week. Text someone, talk to someone, and tell them about the show. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you next week on Attendance Bias.